Hello and welcome to Professional Disaster. That's right. My name is Matt Norman. And I'm Will Hebner. This is a podcast where we talk about various topics that relate to our lives, things we observe, sometimes just fun random things that we like to talk about. Yeah, man. We're glad to have you along with us. Yeah. And guess what? This is episode 24. You know what that means, Matt? I was going to start uh, doing the countdown beat like they did in the old 24 <laughs> television show, but I think you're going to talk about something different. So <laughs> I tell just, me. I just think it's wild that if you want to, you can listen to us talk for an entire day. What? <laughs> 24 hours straight, episode one through episode 24. Do we have any super fans <laughs> out there? <laughs> you, you can enjoy the pleasure that... Probably not even our wives would uh, nope. want to uh, want to partake in of listening nope. to us for twenty four straight hours. Listen, all three Lord of the Rings movies is only twelve hours, <laughs> and that's a lot. <laughs> twenty four hours. Although, if you think, if you just let it play through, you you know you should be sleeping through some of those. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not as bad as it seems because you'll be asleep for part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just think about how much you know. They say that you're supposed to play babies like Mozart and mm-hmm, they get smarter. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that by listening to our podcast while you're sleeping. That <laughs> there are no words. There are no words in Mozart stuff. <laughs> just imagine. Just imagine how smart some kid is going to get listening to us. Oh, man. But guess what? We are doing something that we have never done before. We're going to ask a question. And then we're not going to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So now you're getting less content from us. We're going to do less on this podcast than what we usually do. No. But it's it's going to be awesome. Okay. We're going to ask you this question. We're going to give you two, three weeks. I don't know how long. We'll figure that out. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. So you never know when the gig is up. So you got to get it in quick. So we're going to ask a question. You're going to have to email us an answer to said question Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we are not answering. That's right. And then in two or three weeks, we're going to go through all the emails that we get. We're going to pick our favorite answer. We're going to give you a shout out on the pod. And you're going to win what, Matt? You're going to win a gift card worth $10 to Dairy Queen. Woo! Dairy Queen, baby. Ten bucks worth of ice cream. Or I guess if you want, you could also get like French fries. Oh yeah, you could get you could get a uh, a spicy chicken sandwich. That's that's what I like to get at Dairy Queen. (laughs) Nice. Well, here's the question, guys, and the reason why you're going to get a ten dollar gift card to Dairy Queen is not because they're a sponsor. It's because. But they could be. They could be. So if you, Dairy Queen, if you're listening, please reach out. Prof Disaster 2023 at gmail.com. Oh, man, this is getting good. All right, so the question has to do with ice cream, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which is why mm-hmm. we're going to give you a $10 gift card to Dairy Queen. We're going right. to reward you, and here is the question. Is there a flavor of ice cream that doesn't exist that you wish it did? Mm. Mm. Well, I've got an answer right now. Too bad. Oh, man, rats. <laughs> We're not answering this question. You, but you know what you can do? You can email your answer to Prof Disaster, and you can potentially win your own gift card. 
and you can take it to Dairy Queen and you can ask if they'll make this flavor of ice cream. And they'll probably say no. They'll say but that's no, okay. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. But please, what what is that ice cream that you wish existed but it doesn't? This is going to be a really fun question, I think. And I, and I hope we'll get a lot of really fun kind of creative answers for this because mm. – I mean, they make they make interesting flavors out of things That's nowadays. Right. I've had I've had bacon ice cream before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was not tasty. I, yeah, it was weird. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it was weird. All right, man. It is now time for our actual sponsor, the Baja Blast Icebreaker. Woohoo! Let's get blasted. <laughs> Every time you say that, I'm gonna laugh. There's 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 no way around it. <laughs> I hope that Mountain Dew Baja Blast isn't um, upset that I was fishing for another sponsor because we're so happy to have Mountain Dew Baja Blast yes. as our sponsor for the podcast <laughs> in this segment right now. We love the refreshing taste of Mountain Dew Baja oh, Blast. Oh, boy, do we. You know, I haven't had a Mountain Dew Baja Blast in the last seven days, and it's been a terrible seven days. <laughs> Coincidence? I don't think I so. I think that. Uh, you know what? Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I just maybe need. Maybe I just need maybe, back issues. Just Baja blast it. <laughs> we're we're curing all kinds of stuff tonight. All right, Matt. What's your What's your question? Okay, so we are going to stay in the realm of food. Ooh. Uh, in as a part of this, uh, my icebreaker question for you. And so my question for you is: so you are responsible for dinner and it can be a family Mm. dinner or it could be you know whatever you want but what's something that you like to make for dinner Mm. like what's a dish that you enjoy making or preparing for yourself or your family or i would say that there are like specific things like go-to things that i like to make for other people because i know it's not going to be terrible okay yes but I would say that my favorite thing to make, and I don't always get it right because sometimes you you cook it too long or some 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 material doesn't doesn't go right. Mm-hmm. But I love making people pizza. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so there's like certain specialty pizzas I really like. When I do like a normal type pizza, I really like to do like a garlic pesto cilantro butter parmesan cheese like paste wow. that I put on the Great. crust before. Uh, it makes it taste real good. And then uh, I really like doing two sp- specialty flavors. I like doing, uh, I just, man, my mind went blank. Barbecue chicken pizza. Uh, okay, yeah, that's a good one. Because they're so closely related. And then uh, like a ranch chicken bacon. Yes, yes, yes. Or a bacon true. chicken ranch. Bacon chicken ranch. Well, however, yeah. whatever direction, yeah, however you want to say those three ingredients. But instead of like the traditional red sauce, go with some ranch dressing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then some mozzarella cheese, grilled chicken on top, sprinkle the bacon on. And then after I cook it, I like to put a little Frank's Red Hot. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. But so yeah, good. That's, that's my, that's my, that's probably the thing that I enjoy cooking the most. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I gotta tell you, as a side note, too, uh, a good hot sauce, just a dab of that on the on a on a good slice of pizza, that, mm. that really does kind of elevate it in my mind. That's a, oh, that's yeah, a really man. simple but but effective enhancement. Yeah, it's got to be the right, got to be. I'm I'm. It's true. I'm a Frank's dude. You know, I grew up. 
thinking that I hated hot sauce because the only hot sauce that I ever had was Tabasco. And right. I just assumed that all hot sauces tasted like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when I lived in Pennsylvania, I got introduced to Frank. Yeah. Wow. Whew. That's great. And his hot sauces. Fantastic. <laughs> you had your own um, encounter on the uh, Damascus Road, and it was uh, Frank's uh, hot sauce. That's hot right, sauce. man. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even say it right. Oh, um, that's funny. That is funny. Excellent. What about Excellent. you, man? So uh, my uh, a couple of, couple of things kind of come to mind, but I'm going to stick with one that I, I feel like I can deploy pretty quickly and effectively if uh, really as needed. And uh, you, you mentioned a dish that um, lots of different ingredients and preparations and things. Mm. I was really impressed as I was listening to that. Mine has two ingredients. And, it's, uh, it's <laughs> and this, that's why you like cooking. Yes. It's, it's beer uh, and bratwurst. <laughs> you stick the bratwurst into beer, boom. It's like I'm boiling the I'm boiling the brats um, in water, <laughs> and then I'm just drinking the beer. You know, I'm not doing anything. No. Um, no, I, no. It's an interesting thing. I've heard I've heard that's really really good. I've just yeah, man. Done, I've never done it before. Um, never had it. But no, I like I have this homemade uh, bagel recipe that I really really Ooh. like, and it's 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 really simple. I found it online, and it's just it's it's literally just um, you know uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of the right type of flour, but it's this uh, self rising flour, and mm. then. Um, uh, it's got the yeasties already in it, huh? Yeah, that's right. And then uh, shout out to the yeasty boys. <laughs> no sleep till bagels. Um, we should always film at night. We're way more funny at night. God, man, we're so funny. <laughs> but no, I love it because of its simplicity. And you know, I, I have spent the the thing about it that that takes a lot of skill is getting the right level of. Um, of temperature in the oven or uh, what were really, I think, kicked it up to the next level was was indulging in an air fryer and doing it in the air fryer. Yeah. Because that, that really, you know, puffs up the bagels in a way that makes them, you know, really airy and, and you know, that, that kind of right texture that a mm. bagel has to have. And, and it's a really good one. The family seems to respond positively to that, which has not always been the case for things that I've made. So follow-up question, is there like a – is there – like when you make these bagels, is there like a additional ingredients that you do afterwards? Like, are you just a straight up like cut it in half and and put some butter on it? Are you cream cheese or what? What are you doing? That's a great question. I am I am pretty basic with uh with your your Philadelphia style cream cheese. Thank you mm. very much. Um, and uh, if I'm just going straight bagel, but inevitably we do this in combination with like you know various other breakfast foods and becomes a nice you know bacon egg and cheese uh, uh, sandwich there. Yeah. Um, or dude, you can't you can't go wrong with bacon egg and cheese, it's, man. It's, we we do the breakfast sandwich thing uh, once a week probably, yeah. and it's it's not always with the homemade bagels, but it is uh, you know it's it's a solid solid choice. I love that it's so easy much. and yeah. delicious. It really is. All right, yeah. What's your icebreaker question? My icebreaker question to you is is a little bit silly, uh, kind of a reaction to something that happened to me this week. <laughs> okay, and it's basically how do you feel about modern day solicitation as far as like nowadays people come into your house to try to sell you stuff Mm, mm. now i don't know how often it happens to you you're kind of in a weird location as far as like a dead end yeah that's true 
But man, it did happen to me though uh, a couple of years ago at our old house that we lived at. It was it was in a more it was right by a park. In fact, so it was uh you know there was there was a lot of f- through traffic there. They sold us an eight hundred dollar vacuum. You know, one of those. Do you uh, still have that vacuum? Yeah, yeah we do. It, work. it works <laughs> really well. Um, you know, he, he comes in, he's showing it to us. He says, look how smooth it is. You know, it just moves really easily. And I'm like, what? And and it's like him and his business partner. And he came in and he says, you know, with this, it's moving so much air through. It's basically filtering out all your air. Just think about all of this dust that you're going to oh remove just gosh, with the power dude. of this vacuum cleaner. And he's going around and he, and he says, can I see your old vacuum? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't just ask the guy to leave, but I just didn't want to be rude. And I, yeah. I'm terrible about that kind of confrontation type stuff. So we bought the vacuum. And, um, <laughs> you got yeah. suckered, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't say that I'm super hyped about the idea of like you know in-person solicitation like that you know i i have to say that it's not i i kind of detest it if i'm being really honest yeah man (laughs) yeah i i got a couple issues one i don't have any problem saying no yeah right so you're wasting you're wasting your time coming to coming to my house and two man they always come at the worst times and then most of the time, like nowadays, when we do get people like that, it's usually somebody, you know, running around with their little boy selling, you know, oh, Boy yeah. Scout popcorn. Yeah, yeah, and first yeah, of all, nobody wants to drop $30 on some nasty popcorn. And second of all, I'm not going to answer the door and stare at your little son and tell that kid no. Yeah. So I'm not even, if I know it's you, I'm not even answering the door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, and I, I want to say that last not this most recent time, but somebody came at like eight at night. Wow! And Atlas was already asleep, and I was, and they rung the doorbell, and and it's it's not just a doorbell in our house because we have a dog, uh-huh, and so uh-huh. if there's somebody, if it's dark and there's somebody at the door, he's gonna bark up a storm, yeah. and I'm just thinking to myself, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. If you wake my child up. Because you wanted to come in here and try to sell me some popcorn at eight o'clock at night, bro. Yeah. We gonna have issues, you know. Like I, I do have to say, I do appreciate somebody that's trying to work and oh, yeah. and and yeah. put in the work to try to do that. But if I want to buy or support the Boy Scouts, I'm gonna go to a kid that I know, uh-huh. and I'm gonna buy from them, right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy from you just because you pulled your little wagon around my front door. And, yeah. yeah. But would uh would now be a good time to mention that my son Jeffrey is. Bro, selling, I am not uh, buying popcorn okay, just, from uh, Jeff. Just check it. Just check. It I would that. rather give Jeff twenty dollars. <laughs> And say, dude, I want to support you, then buy some nasty popcorn. No, I tell you what, you know what's interesting is that last year was the first time that we, that the boys were in Scouts. So it was the first time that we dealt with the selling popcorn thing. And at first you go out, you set up your table at a gas station or somewhere, you know, in front of a store and you're trying to kind of like gather people. And, you know, I can't blame them. I mean, having to say like, I'm sorry, the cheapest thing we have is $25 if you want to support the Boy Scouts is, yeah. is, is a tough sell for people mm. that are coming in you know they've got a couple of bucks because they're you know they're buying gas and then they maybe want to go in and get like a soda or something like that and it's like 
uh, no, sorry, I don't have that. It's like, no, I understand. My son, Sam, got to the point where he would go through this whole spiel about like, well, it's this much for this, this much for this. Here are all our prices. We don't set the price. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was like, yeah. we felt such shame about these high prices <laughs> for popcorn. But yeah, eventually, we don't, we don't set these. I said to Sam, and, and he started doing it, and he started doing a really good job. I was actually really, really surprised and impressed because he's, he's a lot of times very reserved. But he really got good at starting with, you know, like, do you want to support the Boy Scouts? And he would like, you know, kind of, we made our donation box like bigger and bigger because we knew people aren't going to want to do that, but they don't mind dropping like a buck or $5 yeah. in. And I'm like, this yeah. is a better, this is a better strategy, Boy Scouts. I don't really understand what you're Dude, doing. Do you know what's a better strategy is just to take the L and say, you know what? Girl Scouts got it going on. I, what is, and what we is should, that? We should give them 10% and just sell their cookies too. How? How do they have such a sweet deal with what they oh, sell I, I don't know. compared to this popcorn thing? I, I, I will know. never understand this. Yeah. I, <sighs> What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? It's probably Thin Mints. Mm. See, I would say like maybe 10 years ago, that would have been my answer too. Uh -huh. but ever since these the s'mores ones came out. Okay. I don't think I've had the s'mores as oh, much. Oh, they're good, dude. They are good. It's a it's an interesting thing, you know. I mean, I don't I don't know how common knowledge this is, but there are apparently two different two different plants that make the the Girl Scout cookies, and there are slight differences between the mm. cookies depending on whether you're further east or whether you're more in the middle of the country, and and then on the west coast. And That's so interesting. It's like there are slight differences in the way the Thin Mints are prepared, and uh, yeah. Now I can't remember which one I like better, but there's one that I remember thinking this is better than the other one. Are are you a guy that likes to put your thin mints in the freezer? Oh yeah, let's go. Yeah. That's the oh, only yeah. way to do it, baby. It's, it's really good. Oh, it's, it's they're not it's, even close to as good. So not good. in the freezer. Yeah, I'm glad you're on the winning side oh, on man. that one. Yeah. Absolutely, not not a hard choice. You know, that one's, <laughs> that's solid. All right, let's move into the disaster at hand the today. Disaster. We're gonna be talking about something that. I think is a little bit difficult for all of us. Yeah. Something that we all probably need to work on. Mm -hmm. But we're going to ask it this way. Matt, in your opinion, what makes somebody a good listener? The concept of Can I cut you? Yeah, oh, does that mean I'm not a, I'm not listening? <laughs> you know what's funny? Hey, is do that you know <laughs> How many times can I Interrupting cow. You ever heard that, Jeff? Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm going to actually let you talk this out. My bad. It's so funny because when uh, when I was thinking about us doing this topic today, I did think, you know, should we do a bit where we're interrupting each other to show the, <laughs> you know, to, to let our listeners understand just how uh, how ineffective listening, what it hey, looks like. Great minds think alike. I mean, you know, I didn't have the, uh, the fortitude, I guess, to actually go forward with it. But, um, you know. I got That's tons okay. of fortitude, so. I've always said that about you. <laughs> uh, I think, honestly, I'm going to come at it a slightly maybe surprising way. Ooh, let's because do it. Because I think we could, you could come up with a lot of different answers to this question, but I think there's a certain amount of comfort level that mm. comes from listening. Because I think a lot of times, to flip this around and actually maybe start picking apart some of the things that sometimes make us ineffective listeners is – a certain amount of emotion that is, you know, consuming us and, and distracting us from what someone else is saying, or for whatever reason, this desire to want to speak 
back, right? You know, it's like, you know, I've got to get my say in. I've mm. got to think about whatever it is that I need to say back to this person. All of these things where we're, we're kind of thinking a little bit more, you know, self-centeredly, maybe a little bit more egotistically. And so we're trying to uh, think about that, that great, that great response, you know, you know what the person, you know, the general idea of the topic or whatever that someone is saying, someone's upset with you, you know, you need to be listening to them, but you're also thinking about what your defense is going to be against them or whatever. And I think a lot of times some of those things come from, you know, that, that inattentiveness comes from an insecurity factor, right? Yeah. You know, this feeling it's like I'm being attacked right now, or I've got to think of something really good and smart to say, or, you know, something like that. I think sometimes listening or a lack thereof, uh, comes from uh, insecurity, but perhaps good listening comes from the fact that, you know, just this genuine desire to just be in the moment and and just want to hear, not worrying about whatever it is that you're going to say. Yeah, would you say that there's like almost a, a learning aspect to that? Like mm-hmm. like an open open in mind? And, and you know, I, I get frustrated with this because I think some people hear that word open mind and they don't, they don't like that because... Mm-hmm. It, it you potentially open yourself up to, to to poor ideas. And I would say if you really know what you believe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you don't necessarily have to worry. You don't have to. Just because you have an open mind doesn't mean that you're going to change your opinion. But it, to me, it's like the courtesy of saying, well, let me let me hear you out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to maybe push you in a, a little bit of a different direction because okay. I, I think that what you set up for us is that listening and the type of listening that's needed is all about the context. And so if we're having a conversation versus you need to vent about something or you you're oh, you know yeah, sure. you know trying to you know tell somebody something or there's a you're telling a story or you know there, there's so many different I think contexts where listening changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that for me Listening is more difficult if there's not a break. And so if you and and I would say that there's some people that don't talk to you, they talk at you. Okay. And so you're not really a part of the conversation. So it's harder for me to pay attention if I just if you're just going to ramble and tell me all these details and all this stuff. But if you speak short and allow me to ask questions, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then I can I can engage and I can listen better versus just trying to straight, you know, like almost like a lecture. And obviously, depending on who's giving the lecture depends on how easy it is going to be to, you know, to listen and pay attention because, you know, to, to listen to a lecture where it's monotone and there's no exciting. It's like today, turn into your books to chapter 12. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about flatworms. And it's like, whoa, you lost me. Like, yeah. that, I don't give a rip about that. But, you know, there's a, there's a way in which, you know, somebody who's presenting something can yeah, do it in totally. a way where it's easier to listen. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, what, what it means contextually to, to think about, okay, this is the situation and I need to bend my listening to that specific situation. So... The first thing that I thought of when you started to uh, when you started to 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 pose that out there is that there are some situations I think where uh, 
Well, okay, let me take one step back, actually, and think about it more this way, okay? I guess it depends on, like you said, it depends on what the goal of the interaction is, right? Yeah. You know, whether it is a conversation, whether it is some sort of, like, one-sided presentation, whether it is, like you said, somebody that needs to vent. And sometimes the goal of listening with the venting situation is very much you just need to talk and I just need to probably not say one blessed word you and, know? and and you coming at that because you're a male mm-hmm. and we this is a generalization mm-hmm. it's not true for everybody but a lot of times us males get a bad rap because we want to fix yes like we're exactly. fixers exactly and so you just want me to hear you out and I'm trying to I'm putting in my two cents. Well, you yeah. could have done this. You could have yeah. done that. Like, no, be Which quiet. Is, just be exactly. quiet. Just it, listen. It loses that effectiveness of being, you know, helpful for what the situation goes. You and I have done this too, you know, where sometimes we have just kind of said, hey, I kind of I kind of just need to vent about something here for a couple of minutes. And, yeah. and, and we'll do that and we'll listen. And really the goal there, I think, especially in the moment, is just to, you know, to take it all in, to, to be supportive for the most part, you know, recognize that, you know, hey. I hear you and, and this is going on mm. and, and all of that and and not necessarily act like, okay, you've come to me to vent about this because you need me to fix this. You know, it's it's more like, hey, I a lot of times when we get into that zone, and this is true for when I'm venting to uh, to anybody, to my wife or whatever, you know, it's kind of like I, I probably have a lot of insight into what I need to do about a certain situation, but yeah. I really just need to complain and gripe about it a little bit first. You know, just makes, it just makes you feel good. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> like something about the process, right? Uh, I, I, I kind of want to ask you a question in that vein because yeah. I, I think that this is really powerful and there's certain people that it's easier for us to be honest with. Mm-hmm. And so when you're honest I think that that opens up a door like that's one of the pieces of being a good listener mm-hmm. is that that you have a relationship to where that person feels like they can be honest with you. Yeah. But I think part of that honesty comes from knowing that you're not going to get judged because yeah, there's been a lot of right. what 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 made me think of this is you saying <laughs> sometimes we do it for each other and I feel like it's I vent to you more than you vent to me, but that's fine. Oh. Will... I've got something for after the pod if you want to hear it. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> my, my listening quota is, is gone for today, so sorry. <laughs> try, try again tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. That no, but <laughs> I think that there's something powerful to be said of knowing that you're not going to judge me, yeah, yeah. based on how I'm going to vent. And and not that I'm going to be rude, but venting is is usually over dramatic, right? Oh yeah, it's yeah. like I I want to get all my thoughts out. Yeah, and and to me that's so important because if you don't get them out, then they just they kind of eat yeah they eat you up inside. Mm-hmm. And so I can you know I can say something that's super over dramatic to you, and you say okay I get I I get you I, yeah I feel you you know, and and without without me being afraid of you know, like oh wow man. Will's really lost his Cracker Jacks. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why. I don't know why I just said Cracker Jacks. That's how I always think about you when we're (laughs) like, man, his Cracker Jacks are just all over the place right now. (laughs) There's there's no prize in this Cracker Jack box. (laughs) No, but it's, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying before about there's something, it's either learned or there's a certain maturity 
that I think we can we can kind of gain when it comes to understanding what a certain situation calls for and recognizing that someone is coming to you needing, mm. you know, a, a more collaborative, like, hey, I need some help, you know, kind of processing something, or I would just want to have a fun conversation with you to talk about this cool thing that I've watched or something like that. And, yeah. you know, the same rules still apply. You want to listen, you want to you want to show that that you're you're hearing them. And again, you know, kind of keeping it all in, in the understanding that whatever we're saying, you know, is is appropriate for the context in which someone is sharing. I mean, sometimes that's like uh, trying to think of a good example, but sometimes when we're really just kind of goofing off about like, you know, shows or movies or whatever that we've watched, you know, we talk about things in, in really irreverent or silly ways that obviously we wouldn't talk about if we're talking yeah. about anything more serious, like our, our kids or work or something like that. But it's, again, it's kind of this, this kind of emotional intelligence aspect, I think mm. that kind of comes into play where you realize, okay, we're having a serious conversation. I want to make sure that I'm fully understanding whatever it is that's being said, not because I need to get my two cents in, but just because that is uh, going to help whatever outcome we need to get at. Uh, yeah. And, and that and that's a very, you know, obviously the, this is the way my mind works. That's a very scientific way of, of looking at. But I think that's something that our minds kind of do real quick when we're at that kind of right level of learnedness or maturity or whatever you want to call it to recognize that this is the time where I need to be quiet and just listen. Or this is the time where it's like, OK, maybe I should chime in here and I should say something and and not necessarily be worried about like, OK, it's been a while since I've spoken, so maybe I need to <laughs> jump yeah. in there and say something. Yeah. I I don't know. I've I've never been I think I think it's one of those things where listening is something that I think you do get better at as you uh as you do it more, right? I've never really thought about it in yeah. those terms. So I really like the way that you said that about, you know, is that something that you can learn and get better at? And I I think so. Yeah. Um and I think that it's a relationship piece too. Yeah. Yeah. Because the better you get to know someone, you understand how to be a better listener for mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. than just, you know, rote good listening. Yeah. I want to ask the question the opposite way because I, and you know, you know me, this is how my mind works. Uh, do you, do you feel like there are some things that, Maybe, you know, we, we wouldn't say, you know, what is it that makes a good listener a good listener? Maybe the, the, a more telling piece could be what makes a bad listener. Sure. <laughs> like, like what, what are the, what are the things that, that, that make you feel like you're not being heard yeah. in, in some degree? I would say that off the top of my head for me is when you have that conversation with somebody, you're talking to somebody and you it just feels like you can see their mind working and they're mm -hmm. just thinking about what they're going to say yeah. next or they're chomping at the bit to say something next and then there's those obvious cues like you know somebody's looking at their phone or you know they're ooh that's a really good one you know no yeah. eye contact um there's just so so many of those like subtle things like i i i went this is i'm not normally like this this is weird i went to a bank I've never seen you at a bank. Before. Yeah, that's so yeah. weird. That that was that was that was the weird part. That's not good listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just giving another good example. It's, it's so awesome. It's helping it. the podcast. It, it is. I know. It really is. And I went to 
open like a different account. And I went and talked to this lady and she had a smartwatch and she's asking me questions and she's doing this and we're like opening oh, an account yeah. and she, her watch keeps dinging and she keeps checking it and doing stuff on it, like going back and forth mm-hmm. between. And I finally was like, ma'am, go ahead and quit. I'm going to leave. If, if you can't give me your attention, yeah, then I don't want to bank here. Mm-hmm. And I just got up and left. And that was like, I, that's really out of character for me. I'm not normally like that, but I was just it so really, really upset you. Yeah, like, I was yeah. like, "Are you serious?" Like, it's it's so strange because uh, you saying that just reminds me of a time where there was a there was a recent meeting that I'm in, and generally speaking, you know, the meetings that I'm in are are with you know colleagues with adults, you know, yeah. And if somebody's phone goes off, you know, buzzes or something like that, I mean life happens you know stuff like that happens but there was this one meeting i was in where it felt like somebody's phone was buzzing like every 10 seconds and i was kind of <laughs> like okay seriously is this is this something that's really this important that you need? i mean maybe you just need to get up and deal with something because I, I don't really like this texting back and forth conversation that it seems like is happening right now or uh, turn turn it off yeah it's it was like i i like i didn't see who it actually was so it's not you know and i wasn't going to call anybody out necessarily about it but but it was oh. a meeting that I was leading, and it was like I was just hearing it, and it was really distracting to me at a certain point. And Dude, I had a professor, and I remember it was like one of my first, I think it was either Old or New Testament, I can't remember. And it was like the first or second class, mm-hmm. and this girl's cell phone went off oh, yeah. while he was lecturing. And he ripped her a new uh-huh, one, dude. Uh-huh. I was like, I mean, he was like, he gave this this whole thing about, I'm a professor, I'm a teacher, I'm a pastor, and I'm a dad, and I'm a, like, a husband, and I come in here, and I turn my phone off, and I give you my full attention. Yeah, right. And if you can't do the same for me, then there's the door. Yeah. And I was like, I want to, like, it was a little over the top. Yeah. But I was all in for it. Like, uh-huh. I wanted to stand up and start clapping. Because I was like, yes, dude. Get this girl out of here, man. <laughs> there's a... You're exactly... And this this goes along very much with what you were saying before, too. There's a certain respect level, mm. I guess, that's involved in listening, too. You know, there's a there's a compassion. There's a, there's a trust element. There's a relational element. It's like, you know, I... You know, maybe this, I don't know, maybe this is too too much to say, but it's like I either, I, I love you or I respect you enough that I want to just, I just want to be here for you in whatever that looks like. And I think that sometimes if we're not truly listening to someone um, or, or and, and this kind of goes to what you're saying, right? If we're giving the appearance that we're not listening to someone, that can be that could be legitimately, you know, hurtful in a way. Yeah. And and I think that that is something that I think we all kind of realize intuitively, but I don't know that it's easy to articulate necessarily why it annoys us so much or why it sets us off so much. I had a professor that did the same thing. He was one of my literature professors. Some kids were kind of chit-chatting mm. in the back. They thought they were doing it quietly. Um, it's not that big of a room. Um, it's and never quiet. And it was, you know, it was like whispering, but it was like he, and I'm surprised, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody complained about this and he got in trouble. I mean, he legitimately yelled at them and he, I think he might've cussed even while doing it. <laughs> so I don't remember exactly what he said, but you know, it was, it was, he was in the middle of a sentence and then just went and then, you know, will you please stop? And then, you know, like whatever, uh, 
whatever he said after that. And I and it was one of those times where you're like, are we about, are, is, are we okay? <laughs> I've never seen the guy. I mean, he was a really nice guy. I, I enjoyed. I had him for several classes, several other literature classes. He wrote me a recommendation to get into grad school. You know, it was like a really good guy, but just something about that just really drove him to you know rage, legitimately yeah. rageful for a minute there. It was. It's 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 powerful. I guess you know we we don't maybe we don't maybe I don't I'll just speak for myself right maybe we don't uh, necessarily recognize just how much power there is in listening you know well, what and, a gift that can be and I didn't I don't know that I would have connect this dot until you just said it through that example on one side I think it is about respect as far as respecting somebody enough to at least be quiet mm-hmm. but if you're not being quiet what are you communicating it to some level that you don't really care yeah right and so is that one of the you know pieces of good listening is yeah. that you're you're communicating that i really i care to hear what you have to say mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And that's why I think I originally kind of came at this with this idea of insecurity, right? Because I think a lot of times we don't necessarily do this as a as a way to be, I don't know, hurtful to someone else. But like so many of our topics uh, kind of reveal, at least about us in particular, but I think a lot of other people, a lot of times it's just because we are kind of messed up a little bit on the inside. We're kind of wrestling with a lot of insecurity and things like that. And things that look outwardly like we're rude or dismissive or hurtful towards someone else is just because we ourselves are still like, you know, feeling bad about ourselves or wrestling with something or just not feeling confident in ourselves. And it just spews out that way yeah um and i had never thought about it necessarily applying that way in something as you know kind of internal or or i don't know quiet maybe is another way to phrase it as listening but i think it, it definitely can right yeah what you said about phones and, and technology is really mm. um compelling too because now yeah. there are just more things that can prevent us from listening maybe yeah. more so than you know I don't want to be too dramatic when I say this, but, you know, maybe more so than ever in human history, right? Yeah. Because there's just more stuff, more distraction out there. I mean, yeah, as we I, were t- as we're, we're talking about right now, I just got a notification on my phone. and I'm like, oh, Tara's leaving. Hmm, I wonder why, you know, my ring doorbell camera <laughs> notification oh. <laughs> came up. She's not leaving me, guys. It's all fine. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I said that in a weird way. But, I was, you know, it's just it's like all of these things are, are perfectly innocent yeah. to a large degree. But they, like everything else, can become, you know. Um, just another distraction. Yeah. And, and in that way, really, really and, threaten or thwart us. This has nothing to do with listening but i it's interesting to me i i wonder how much adhd plays into the society that we've created Mm -hmm. because we're being attacked at so many different levels And, and honestly i guess it does come back to listening because you know if you have adhd it really struggles Mm -hmm. you know it's harder to be a good listener yeah and and it's so funny because I, I saw this video that I sent to, to my wife because she struggles with it a, a, a little bit. And it is that, like, it's it's not that they can't focus. It's just harder to focus. Mm-hmm. They're easily distracted. And there's sometimes where they can hyper-focus yep. when it's something that they really care about, which is just, I don't know, I just think that's a, that's a really interesting piece. So if we're having a conversation that is meaningful to her, then it's easier for her, 
you know, to, to stay engaged. In. Oh, yeah. Versus, I don't really. But to That's me, we're all that way. It's just, I guess, hypersensitive. Yeah. yeah for, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that all of us are operating with a little bit of ADHD because we're we're, there's so many notifications coming in for yeah. so many. I mean, we have, I mean, I, I really try to be careful about it, but like, if you go through my phone, you know, I don't know how many, I can't even get my phone open. So that's a problem. <laughs> but like I have, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, maybe 10, 15 like apps on two pages. Cause I'm weird. And I like clean, just like it clean. Uh huh. Some people's phones, they got like four or five pages of nothing but apps. Right. And how many of those apps are giving you notifications? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like ding here, ding there, ding there. And it's like, oh, man, how, how many of these are really important? And then how many of those dings are distracting you? And even like if I'm not trying to listen, but I'm just trying to do something, man, one of those dings can really pull me in a different direction and yeah. really disrupt what I'm I'm trying to do. And listening is one of those things that can be disrupted. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about this with a previous topic. It's certainly something that I have thought about a lot. Um, I feel like maybe we have, but it doesn't it doesn't hurt anyway. But the, the idea of distraction is just something that is so powerful. I think a lot of people believe themselves to be much better multitaskers than they actually are, right? There's a lot of research <laughs> out there that shows cognitively our brains actually, we, we'd like to think we are, but they, they just don't. And then actually it takes like one stat I heard was it takes 20 times whatever the length of the distraction was for you to get back on track Mm. with something. So if you're distracted by something for just a second, it takes around 20 seconds for you to kind of lock yourself back into the same level of focus you were before. If if you're distracted and and you type a response back that takes more like a minute, it takes sometimes 20 minutes for your mind to get all the way back from whatever you were thinking Good about Lord, and responding. Man. Yeah. It's, hard. Uh, it's a powerful, if it's true. And you know, I, I'm, I'm not a cognitive scientist. Um, I'm an English <laughs> professor. So these are the <laughs> things that I have to take with a certain amount of, you know, kind of, I don't know, a grain of salt, I suppose, just, just cause I don't know, but it's a compelling uh, idea that even if it's not to that full extent, it does kind of make sense because how often are we, you know, if we're thinking about something else, there's no way you can also give your full attention to somebody else who, like we've talked about plenty of times, might be trying to share some really important stuff, at least really important to them in that moment. And yeah. they, they really need somebody that will just listen. Yeah. And how, how powerful and how loving it makes you feel when someone takes the time, yeah. you know, to, to listen. And yeah. I mean, I think that there's people in our lives where, you know, best friends and spouses and stuff like that, where th- there's a, an expected level, but how much more powerful when somebody that doesn't fit into that, you know, that category just, yeah, that's yeah. kind of super meaningful. So, yeah. I never thought of it. Uh, I just, until our conversation here, I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way. You know, you have a real opportunity with listening mm. to extend um, a, a gift of sorts to them in a way. Well, and, and to think, like, I know that the church is not necessarily, and, and neither is a, a college or a university, but we are at the same time. Uh, a place where customer service matters. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think for me, I don't, bad service does not frust- frustrate me as much as bad communication does. Mm-hmm. And 
if something happens to me and and I'm annoyed by it and I have a chance to to tell somebody about it and mm-hmm. I feel heard yeah goes a long way yeah right? it goes a long way yeah. like uh, like it's not a big deal I just need you to know that this is what happened and and this frustrated me and and you know maybe you can prevent this from happening into the future and I think that for us and in, in our different things that you know we get so many comments from so many different areas and yeah. there's a lot of times where it's like okay I'm sorry you just got to get over this but we don't have to say that, you know. Exactly. Exactly. You know, just just letting somebody be heard is a big deal. Both of our jobs include, you know, at one point you put on the manager hat, right? Mm. Where you have to be the face of something and then you have to take the the feedback whatever it is for stuff that honestly might might have very little if nothing to do with you necessarily, right? Yeah. But it happened in your, you know, your area, you know, your, your organization. Your yeah. And so you have to be the person that listens to them and you have to, like you said, you have to make them feel heard. That's a part of leadership, you know, in that moment. Oh, you know, you know what? We didn't, we, this is not really where we're going, but this is just my defense um, from my side of things. It is so much easier to listen and hear people that come with kindness. Oh yes. yes. Rather than swords. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's up? <laughs> yeah. Like a part two to this is like, how can you speak in a way that makes people want to listen to yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how you come at somebody, whether or not somebody gets defensive. And, and I've been on the other side of that too. Uh, uh you know, mostly with just insurance companies. <laughs> Oh yeah. Where, you know, I've just been overly frustrated yeah. and but it's like, you know what? Anger and venom mm-hmm. is not gonna help solve anything. Yeah. yeah, my my folks are going through this right now with some of the health issues that my dad is going through and that's a big that's a big concern that they have. They feel like nobody's listening to yeah. them. And, uh, you know, they're they're to a point where it, I think it is increasingly harder for them to be, you know, diplomatic, kind or whatever, you know, however you want to describe it. You, you get know, tested, man. Yeah. And, and I, you know, there's something about that. Again, it comes back to context, right? You know, like when you're talking about a health issue, I think in particular, I think it's just, you know, that that pain that comes from not feeling like you're being listened to is mm. only exacerbated by, you know, whatever other, you know, physical pain you're feeling stress. or fear or whatever yeah. it is too, that, that, that is going on the stress of it all too. That's, that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, hmm. Man, this went way deeper than this I expected is, it to. This, this has got a lot to it. This has got yeah. legs, man. We got, <laughs> we'll have to come back to this one. <laughs> but with that, you got anything else before we move on? No, I think we're ready to move on. I think we're ready to move on to matters of faith because faith matters. Boy, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I show up just so I can see it's that like, line. <laughs> you guys don't see this, but his script is just that line. That's, that's all it. he's got. That's all. <laughs> it's that's like all a giant 72-point font. And that's right. That's good. Nothing else. <laughs> so oh, are we man. ready to wrap this up? Absolutely. So... <laughs> <laughs> Matt's Matt's got our our our, our matter of matter I'm so of faith. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, I was right. I was not listening. It was I, a delayed yeah, response. Yeah. Delayed. I, was, I realized the yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, bring, I've got a question. <laughs> bring bring 
bring your questions. Okay, so uh, I was watching I was watching something in a very productive moment for me um, earlier this week on the uh, the website known as X, formerly known as Twitter, and it was about this. Uh, so random. <laughs> do you do you know why they? changed their name to x is that just a musk thing i think it's a musk thing my understanding is that he wanted to name one of his other companies x in the past and just has never let it go so i think it's just that but that's weird yeah um it's a yeah these guys they just have these ideas and sometimes <laughs> they do amazing things with those ideas don't get me wrong but yeah. yeah sometimes it's just weird but it was this interesting conversation i was checking out on x the for- platform of formerly known as twitter and it was uh this thing it's where like the, the artist formerly known as friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i don't know total tangent but you know since since we're in this kind of like space where a lot of people still know it more as twitter than they know it as x if you ever hear about a post that was made on that platform that's how all any news organization describes it it says posted on on X, and then in parentheses, the platform formerly known as Twitter. So it's just really stuck into my head that way. But So there was this conversation that was happening, and it was about this this person who, you know, he's talking with um, a pastor, and, you know, he's talking to the pastor about this decision that he's made to leave the church. And it kind of comes down to that he has a mentor in uh, in the church that was feeling that 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 suffered a more moral failing, and I won't get into all the details of that. That's not really important. But what is important is that you know his response to that was to just become so frustrated with you know the organization of the church, and he's talking about the church in very global terms. That he's like, I gotta go, I gotta leave, and he kind of made this distinction that stuck with me about like how like he says, I'm not leaving Jesus, but I'm leaving the church. And the the pastor kind of had some problems with that, and that's a you know its own question, but not necessarily the one that I want to get into here today. Because so, can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah, the person that wants to leave the church, they're just a, a congregant, or they're a pastor at some level. I think they are a um, I, I I think a, at least a writer uh, of okay. of spiritual matters. I don't know if they were a pastor. I don't gotcha. think so. Okay, based off of okay. the, the context clues I was gotcha. able to gather from it. Um, it was one of those Twitter things where it's kind of like you're seeing a, a clip of something and then you're not getting a whole lot of context about it. And I would read through some of the threads and I'm like, this actually isn't telling me a whole lot. But it seemed like they were, you know, colleagues in a way, but not necessarily both ministers. Gotcha. Yeah. So it was uh, an interesting conversation. And so it kind of led me to just thinking like, you know, we've all had those moments where, you know, you have somebody that you look up to and they suffer some sort of failing and it can cause you to question yourself and Mm. also i think your relationship with god if it's in the realm of you know church and um, religion and spirit life and all those things so that's kind of my open-ended question for you what uh in your mind what are some of the steps that we we can take or how do we process this and move forward in our relationship with god or keep that strong uh when a mentor in faith suffers a failing like that i would like to say that i i think that i have a pretty good mentality on how to answer this question because Mm -hmm. I had two separate youth pastors that both basically resigned slash fired for Uh infidelity. Leaving in disgrace, essentially. Yeah. And I was really close to both of them. And I'm, I, I, I feel like I can describe myself as a weird cookie as far as mm. how I view the world and some of the things that happen. And I I like to think that I, 
I try to process them at a different level than most people. And not, not in a sense that I think I'm smarter. I just, I just think differently about things. Than, and it just comes down to some yeah. of your, your, um, I'm just going to say training, but no, not necessarily training, but just, that's just how you are. Upbringing. Right? You're, you're, yeah. you know, contemplative well, and, and, in that way. Yeah. Like I, and I've always been that way. Like I've, I've told you the story before, like, when I was a kid, our, our Sunday school teachers asked us, you know, if, if you were to die today, are you sure you would go to heaven? Yeah, right. And I said, no, not because I didn't believe, just because my I was literally processing, that's not my decision to make. Uh-huh. Right, <laughs> right, right. Only God knows that. Like, I don't, I don't know that, you know, even at that level. You're and, the, if you if I may, you're the type of person you're not necessarily just going to give like the the easy like quick answer no, or something. You no. want to think it through. Yeah, depth. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And so there were so many different lessons that I learned from these people, and there were so many things that I think that were really really powerful and helpful in my life that that these people guided me through, and I think that it's a rather ridiculous um to say that because somebody had a moral failure that anything that they said or taught mm-hmm. you or like we're human yeah right like and and I try to tell people this all the time like like if you put me on a pedestal because I'm a pastor that's on you yeah cuz I don't put myself up there I refuse to put myself up there because I'm just a normal dude and I, I even, maybe I shouldn't do this, but there's sometimes when people ask me to pray for them, it's really important for me to say, you know what, I'd be happy to pray with you, pray for you, but my prayers are not special. There's nothing that makes them any, no. God's not going to listen to them further than they yeah. listen to yours. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I just try to encourage them. Like, it's important for you to pray too. Like I'll pray over you and I'll continue to pray for you, but you you should pray too. Yeah. I, there's nothing there's nothing special. I mean, unless you don't believe that I guess then my <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. You know, yeah. That's a little bit different, but so I I don't I don't view and and, and maybe some of this is knowledge of the Bible too cuz you have pagan nations that God used to bring about his will. And so you don't know, just, just like, let's say, you know, I do something stupid. Let's say I, I steal, you know, a hundred thousand dollars from the church and I get fired and go to jail or whatever. I mean, you really think that you can go back through all of the sermons I've given and say, well, this is garbage. Yeah. Can't learn from this. Like, even if I'm not right when I'm preaching, like Mm -hmm. the, the idea is, is that I'm humbling myself to allow the Holy Spirit to work through me regardless of where I am in my life and what sin I have in my life. And I'm, no pastor's ever perfect. No human's ever perfect. Sure. And it's interesting because somebody, I didn't necessarily want to get into this, but uh, somebody had posted a, something on Facebook the other day and it just said, if you uh, don't practice what you preach, then keep your sermons to yourself. Yeah. And I... I responded and I probably should have been a little bit more clear because I think somebody was worried they offended me. And I just thought it was an extremely thoughtful question. Yeah, right. Because we're all hypocrites. Mm -hmm. And so even though I preach every Sunday, dude, there's a lot of times where I preach and give people advice that I'm not taking myself. And that challenges me. 
And I really got to think about that. And that's, that's about my journey, but it doesn't mean that what I say can't help you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I, I just, I don't buy into this mentality that when somebody makes a mistake, then pff, you can't, everything right. they said is, right. I, I don't know. It, it's so much more complicated than that. Yeah. Especially when you're thinking about like what the ultimate goal is, right? Because the ultimate goal is not to have, you know, like it, to, to exalt a particular human, right? It's about our relationship with God, with Jesus Christ and with, and about our salvation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, there's this idea that, you know, people, when they, and I mean, I've, I've, I've never necessarily had a direct mentor of mine suffer a mail a, a, a failing of, of that sort but I, I have been at churches where that has happened and yes it is it is shocking right you know there's yeah. there's a ripple effect that goes through and people feel very uncertain about whether or not they can come and worship in a way that feels really free and open because there's there's like a borderline hurt or something that's just kind of permeating through all of it and i get that I do get that. It's almost like grief in a in a way. Yeah, you know and that, that's okay. I, I, I think so, right? I think that's it's okay the... to be to be burdened by something that you didn't expect, a behavior that 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 shouldn't been. But but at the same time, it's like, should it ever really be that surprising that somebody sins? Yeah, exactly. That that's that's kind of what I came down to as well. I mean, it's like obviously regrettable. It goes back to the passage in James, right? Not many of you should be teachers, yeah, <laughs> because you will you will be judged that, or that much harsher, right? Um, Can I give a little bit of my perspective as a pastor? You should. Yes, it is. It can be an extremely lonely road. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when you live in a community, even even when you have other pastor friends and you know, I I feel like the people that I really connect with and that can talk to when I when I need to don't live here. And that's probably a good thing. Sure. Yeah. But it is so easy to feel like you have nobody to talk to mm-hmm. when you're a pastor. And so it it just doesn't shock me when that happens, because it, you are, th- there's, there's no off season. Yeah. You're always on and you're always preaching and you're always preparing and you're always doing something. And, and when you're not, you're trying to be a good father and a good husband. And I'm, I'm not trying to make, I mean, every job's like that. Sure. Yeah. It's just that my job specifically is the spiritual head of an entire church. Mm-hmm. But doesn't that make me more of a target? Certainly. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, and and I know that, like, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can put in place. But I think that if you put every pastor in the, the, the light and you showed their congregations their thoughts and their sins, they'd be fired the next day. Mm-hmm. Right. All of us would be. Sure. But to me, it's that that's not what that's not what this is about. And and I understand that that maybe you'd be like, well, there's a huge jump between some of these moral huge things, but man, you don't I just don't think people realize how easy it is to get there. You know, it's like swimming in the ocean. You 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 swim in the ocean, you're boogie boarding, you're surfing, you're doing whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. and then you're not paying attention. All of a sudden, you're half a mile down the beach. Yeah. And I I think that that's how sin works, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're like, hey, you know, I'm gonna 
wake up one day and I'm going to sleep with somebody else. Or, right, right, you know, right. Like, it's not. You, you just, it just happens, man. And I think that for me, what I tried to do is I tried to say, okay, these people are human too. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to follow in their footsteps as far as career path, I need to humble myself and realize that I am susceptible to those things because I think that pride plays a big role in that. Yeah. A lot of pastors think that they're untouchable. Uh, a lot of pastors think they can get away with whatever they what you know whatever they want to and, and, and to a degree some of them can. And you know, that's a little bit of our culture depending on who you are. If you're a celebrity, if you're an athlete, you're not held to the same standards as right. everybody else. Right. And so you start living that mindset long enough and you just think, well, this is normal. I think there's also a judgment factor that comes into play too, is that when you when you achieve a certain level of success, and success of course can be defined a lot of ways, but especially if we're thinking about it in terms of like success and uh financial or growth or you know whatever it is that there's a certain amount of arrogance that can and pride that can quickly take over right where it's kind of like well i'm making good decisions about everything else i can't be that far askew right you know and, yeah and we just like you said it just slips you don't mm. even realize how how bad yeah. you've gotten and, and like you said and this kind of is the most important point that's that's true for every single person oh yeah right? we all have that capability of losing losing our focus and and falling into that and, and there's different types of moral failure there's moral failure in the sense of where you might lose your job as a pastor because of a moral failure Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't lose your job if it was in the secular world right right it's like if you cheat on your wife it's like well yeah that's wrong you shouldn't Mm -hmm. have done that but it's not like you can't still put mail in people's mailboxes yeah (laughs) you know like like and and i i agree that at some level there's there's got to be a redemptive process as far as you know, th- that pastor who falls needs to be able to look at their life and say, okay, how did I get here? How do mm-hmm. I prevent this from happening? But I, I, it really breaks my heart that a lot of these guys, they just get crucified. Yeah. Right. And you're out of here, man. And, and I think that, and I'm not, I'm not setting this up for myself. I hope I never have moral failure, but in my opinion, the church ought to, uh, the board and ought to say, you know, if they, if this pastor has been here for a while and really invested in the community, depending on what it is, there's some things where it's like, you know, uh, as far as like, oh, like molestation. I mean, there's, there's, there's levels to moral failure, Sure, but it, it should be that the church family that surrounds them and says, man, we're so sorry you got here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and we want to put you on a path of redemption, you know? and surround you and love you through it and, and hope that you can get to a better place and and with, filled with grace and mercy and love. And that doesn't mean that there's not boundaries. It doesn't mean that there's not standards that need to be met. Mm-hmm. But I just think that's, you know, stab them in the back and send them somewhere else. Yeah, or just or just whatever, just being like the type of person that's going to be like, I'm out, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm a member of this church. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm out of here. I'm not going to yeah. be a part participating member in organized religion anymore because of, you know, that well, guy. I'm glad you came back to that because I think that's the, the, the crux of the question, right? And to me, like, wh- who's your faith in? Right, exactly. Like, that's my biggest issue. Like... It, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. What, what do you, why are you surprised? And it goes back to like that idea that it's like, yes, of course, you know, it's tough for us as humans not to 
you know, go through an emotional process when something like this might happen, you know, but it's like, yeah, what, what are we, what are you focusing on too much? You know, where are you putting too much importance on a particular person as opposed to God? And, and I think, you know, if your reaction to like, you know, there's just, there's just too much here. I can't, I can't focus on God because of this person Then maybe, (laughs) maybe your focus is out of whack anyway. And the idea that, of course, that, you know, the way this person was saying it, they were leaving the church, you know, like yeah. not a church, right? You know, going to, you know, a different a different building, a different denomination or anything like that. They're just leaving organized religion as a whole. Yeah. Right. Obviously that there's probably a lot of stuff that goes into that that, that you know is not conveyed in a short uh, clip on X, the platform formerly known as yeah. Twitter, but you you just kind of have to wonder a little bit about like what other things are going into place that, you know, you can't like because we all need we only teaching and we need other people to speak into our lives uh, to, to some degree or another. And so to just kind of like be total to, to be so fixated on just one person to be responsible for shepherding you yeah. towards that is probably just out of whack. Right. No. You can't do that. You need a variety a of people. Yeah. You know, you need like I'm just thinking about people that speak into my lives um, here at this church. It's you know, it is you as 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 pastor, of course, <laughs> but it's but it's other people as well. You know, different Sunday school leaders, different members of our yeah. board and stuff yeah. like that that I go to for counsel and, and just to just to, just to talk about the Bible and, and, you know, kind of grow closer to, and it's like, you know, I mean, the same thing happens if a, if a pastor resigns or has to leave otherwise, you know, for, for a positive reason, you know, they're yeah. retiring, they're, they're leaving cause they're moving or something like that. And for somebody to think like, oh man, well, I just don't know how I'm going to go on without you as my pastor. It's like, yeah. well, then something's not right yeah. here. You know, yeah. you, you're, you're too focused on the wrong thing. I, I want to clarify something and this can, this can be my final thought. Mm. I think that there's a difference between different moral failures, like I said, and I think that no matter what the moral failure is, we should never we should never leave people out to dry. Right. I think that we should try the best we can to get people help. That's not necessarily what I meant. I, I think what I was trying to say is that I think that there's some moral failure where people can stay in positions of leadership and if they go through counseling and the right steps, that that people can be restored. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that there's paths to that sometimes without just just a blanket. Oh, here's here's the list of you know forbidden things, and yeah. if you check one of these things, well, it's, see, out. you know, you're yeah. out. Um, you know, obviously, if somebody molests a child, there there's something wrong. Yeah. Right. And the last thing you want to do is not be a part of helping that person because then you could be a part of sending them to somewhere else to do it again. Sure. Right. You know what I'm saying? Other than, you know, loving them enough to say, hey, man, this, this is not okay. Yeah. How'd, how'd you get here? You yeah. know, we, we want to love you through, but sometimes sin like that we just think is so, you know, icky. We, we just, it's easier to mm-hmm. <laughs> be somebody else's problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's no. like, yeah. No, it's complicated. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. it's it's nuanced, right? We, we we need to we have to approach it with a certain level of, you know, reflection to to understand, you know, and prayer, of course, too, yeah. you know, what is the right thing to do in this moment. All right, man. You got any final thoughts? No. Um I really need the Eagles to win know, this I've, football I've, game that's going on right now. Checking. I, they I, did have the I'm ball not, not too long ago. I'm I'm really nervous. <laughs> They're not winning right now. Oh man. <laughs> 
That's no bueno. <laughs> yeah. But I was listening to every word you said. I just want to make that clear throughout the throughout the podcast. That's tough, dude. If if they lose, there's no unbeaten teams. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real upset. Hey, here's the good news. At least San Francisco lost today too. That's it's. I'll take some comfort in that. But yeah, <laughs> but not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're professionals, but we're not perfect, and that means sometimes we're still. Professional disasters. See, we can't even get the, we can't even get the, we can't even get the ending right. So this is aptly named. You know what I'm saying? But we love you. We appreciate you hanging with us. Oh man! Have Obviously, a- it's time for us to go to bed. Have a good week, everybody. Peace.